You're listening to a sermon from St. John's Anglican in Cranbourne. To find out more about us, head to cranbourneanglican.org.au. Well, leadership matters. That's absolutely true in an organisation or a business. Uh, It's amazing how a good boss can turn a business around and make it a pleasure to work for. It's true that a good principal can transform a school. It's true that a good father or mother can set a tone for a family. Leadership really matters. And that's especially true for leadership in a church because it deals with eternal things. Good leaders, good teachers will lead you towards God. Bad leaders, bad teachers can lead you away from God. And it's not always easy to tell which is which. We know from the short letter of Jude that good leaders in a church will be faithful to the gospel, will not exploit their people but tend and protect them, will not be seeking their own good but the good of others, will not be seeking to profit from the people but to expend themselves for the people. Good leaders won't always tell you what you want to hear. They're not going to flatter you in order to manipulate you, but they'll seek to tell you the truth in love. Good leaders are not boastful, but humble. How do we know all these things? Well, in the short letter of Jude, he tells us what bad leaders are like. Bad teachers that have stolen into the church. Now, if you were here with us last week, you'll remember that Jude, he's certainly, almost certainly, one of the brothers of Christ himself. We know from John chapter 7 that he didn't at first actually believe in Jesus, but something has happened since that time in his heart, in his life. And by the time he's written this letter, he not only believes in Jesus, he's actually a leader in the church. And there was a letter that he wanted to write, and then there was a letter that he actually wrote. He wanted to write about salvation, but the letter he felt he had to write was about contending for the faith. Because he's heard that bad leaders and false teachers have crept into the church. Now, the whole point of this is he's writing to the church, to to people, to you. Uh, it's it's tremendously important that your leaders contend for the faith, but he's saying you need to contend for the faith, and the first step in doing that is to be able to identify bad leaders, false teachers. It's tremendously important that you do that, and Jude gives you some handy hints on how to spot a false teacher in his letter. How do you spot a false teacher? See, it's not always easy. Jude says these leaders who have crept into the church that he's writing to have uh, secretly slipped in among you. You may not have noticed them. Indeed, you may have even admired them. You you might visit the church and they're wonderfully entertaining preachers or you scroll through the YouTube channel and find these teachers who seem tremendously spiritual. Uh, Or you pick up that book and uh, their handsome faces are smiling at you from the cover. They may look like wonderful leaders and great teachers. You may listen to their teaching and be so wonderfully encouraged. It can be sometimes hard to spot. 
Uh, we've got a family of ravens who visit us in the backyard, but for the first year or so, I didn't realise they were ravens. I thought they were all crows. And it can be a little bit difficult to spot the difference between a raven and a crow. Uh, but if you look closely, you can. And it's all about the way in which either they walk and they talk. Uh, see, ravens, when they walk, uh, will do a little kind of skip. Uh, crows tend to just stroll. Uh, crow, uh, ravens, when they talk, have this kind of depressed croak, uh, whereas crows have this kind of lamenting cry. You can, you can spot them by how they walk and how they talk. Jude says it's the same, actually, with false teachers. From a distance, it's perhaps a little bit hard to tell, but you can tell the difference by the way in which they walk and the way in which they talk. And notice that it's not just about their theology here. It's not just about their talk. It's also about their, their lives. So verse 8. In the same way, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and heap abuse on celestial Beings. These leaders Judah's talking about have been having amazing spiritual dreams. And they sound so holy and good. But how are they how are they walking? Well, they use the gospel to convince their followers that God's grace and forgiveness means that they can engage in sexual immorality. That's what it means there by polluting their own bodies. He refers back at that point to Sodom and Gomorrah. As leaders, they say, we can get away with it. I mean, uh, we can do whatever we like. God's grace is there. God is there to forgive. I do whatever I like. God has to forgive. It's all okay. They don't walk like Jesus walked. They don't seek to live a holy life. How do you spot a false teacher? Well, they walk differently. How do you spot a false teacher? Well, they talk differently. They reject authority. That is, they reject the authority of the apostles and what they taught. And they say, well, yes, perhaps they knew Jesus, but our dreams come directly from God. Ours come from a higher authority. And so they reject the teaching of the apostles. They don't recognize the authoritative words of the apostles. Uh, their words they say come from God. Now, of course, today uh, we have the authoritative words of the apostles in the Bible. The authoritative word of God in the Bible, it's, it's inspired by God. God breathed. And so if you were to go into a church today and wanted to use this little checkpoint on how to spot a false leader, or if you are, again, scrolling through the internet during this lockdown time and looking for good teaching... Uh, you would say that bad leaders, false teachers, reject the authoritative words of the Bible. That is, and they might read out some words of the Bible and tell you why they think they're actually wrong. Or, and much more commonly, they might say they're following the Bible, but they twist its words. And, and this is why uh, I try really hard to understand what's in the Bible and try to just teach that to you and it's always a really good idea to have your bible open no matter who's teaching you and checking is what they're saying actually what the bible's saying if you're listening to podcasts reading a book make sure that 
the teachers are not sitting over the word of God and, and judging it, but submitting to it. False teachers reject authority. It's so important to be able to check that. Well, what else should we look out for? Well, it's about the way they walk. He's Jude's saying of these false teachers that they're greedy, not looking after those who are in their care, but exploiting them. Verse 12, these people are blemishes at your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualm. Shepherds who feed only on themselves. And so these shepherds, they're either not feeding the sheep or they're feeding on the sheep. And either way, if you're a sheep, that's not a very pleasant experience. They're doing ministry to puff themselves up, to get things for themselves. And then there's this wonderful little reference in verse 11. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. Uh, now, it's worth looking up this wonderful little story in Numbers 22. Uh, Balaam is a prophet, and Balak, the king of Moab, he's heard about these terrible Israelites who are coming into the land. He wants Balaam to go and curse them so that they can defeat them in battle. And so God tells Balaam not to curse them. And Balak promises Balaam lots and lots of money if he does. So Balaam hops on his donkey, it seems with the intent of going to Balak and cursing the Israelites. But every time he tries to go somewhere riding his donkey, his donkey refuses to go. Uh, And so he tries another way. And he refuses to go that way. And he tries another way and he refuses to go that way. And eventually the donkey very famously talks and tells Balaam why this is happening. It's because the Lord, the angel of the Lord, has been standing in his way with the sword drawn. Judgment waits for him on that path. Well, what's the point? It's a wonderfully strange episode in history. What's the point? Balaam was willing to say... God said things that God didn't say for profit, for financial gain. And Jude says these false teachers are really doing the same. Perhaps they were saying, as you'll hear some say today, you give us lots of money and you will be blessed. Or perhaps they were simply making a living off telling people things they wanted to hear, of saying God says things that God hasn't said. The point is you can often spot a false teacher by the size of their bank balance. They're greedy. Well, how do you spot a false teacher? It's also about the way they talk. Verse 16. These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. They can never be pleased. They're constantly... Negative. They point the finger constantly, finding fault, never considering for a moment that they might be at fault. They boast about themselves. They make sure everyone knows how wonderful they are, how talented, how deeply spiritual. And they make sure they never tell people anything that they don't want to hear. They flatter people, not because they want to encourage them and build them up and strengthen them towards goodness, but to gain influence and to get their own way. Jude says, 
It may be hard to tell them from a distance, but if you look closely, you'll see that under their pretense at holiness, they walk and talk differently to Jesus and differently to leaders who are more like Jesus. The good teachers are faithful to their wives or faithful to their husbands. They sit under the authority of the Bible. They're generous. They use their words to encourage. They're humble and they'll say things that are sometimes hard to hear rather than flatter. They tell the truth in love. It can be tremendously hard to be a good leader and a good teacher. Uh, And would you be praying for your teachers here and in God's church throughout that God would make me, make us, uh, better and better teachers and leaders, more faithful to God, not just in what we say but in how we walk. Well, what do they produce? Jude also says that over time you will spot a false teacher by what results from their ministry. And he uses four pictures to illustrate the point. Have a look at verses 12 to 13. Uh, Firstly, he says they're clouds without rain, blown along by the wind. What do these teachers do? They, They promise a lot, but they don't deliver. They talk a good game, but ultimately, if you sit under them, the life-giving rain will never come. They're like those great big dark clouds breaking the hearts of farmers in drought as they skid past without a drop falling. They'll leave you thirsty because they're not bringing you to Jesus who gives you the water that wells up to eternal life. Secondly, he says, they're autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. It's, it's autumn time, and so you come to the fruit tree expecting a crop. But what do you find? Not only is there no fruit, the tree itself has died. You expect good things from their ministry, but in the end, there's only death. And it can take time to see that's the case. Thirdly, they're wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame. Isaiah Uh, Chapter 57, verse 20 says, But the wicked are like the tossing sea. They cannot keep still. Its waters toss up mire and mud. And so uh, false teachers can churn things up and bring chaos into a church and they stir up the people. And all that they bring to the surface is their own moral filth. Fourthly, Jude says, They're wandering stars for whom the blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Like shooting stars are beautiful and capture the eye but fly off into oblivion. These teachers look wonderful, but their end is eternal darkness. See, that's what's so sobering about reading the letter of Jude. What is the end for these teachers? Where is their teaching heading and their way of life heading? Well, throughout Jude... He's been piling up the dire warnings. These false teachers will be judged. Verse 5, God judged the Israelites who he saved from Egypt. Verse 6, God judged even angels who rebelled. Verse 7, God judged Sodom and Gomorrah. And these teachers, he says, are doing the very same things. And so verse 14, Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them 
of all the ungodly acts that they've committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These false teachers seemed so spiritual, but they don't walk the life that Jesus calls them to. They don't talk the same gospel as Jesus spoke. They're like that prophet Balaam. They're traveling along a path and can't see the angel of the Lord in front of them, the judgment of God standing in their way. It's such a weighty thing. Why does God take this so seriously? Uh, The judgment of God is a confronting thing. It's meant to be a confronting thing. Why does God take it so seriously? Uh, I mean, we may think, surely, as long as we believe in God, we talk about his grace, does it really matter? And it can be really hard for us in a society where we live in a culture that says it's really entirely up to you how you live as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. Does it really matter? And it's very easy to jump on the bandwagon with a Christianized version of that. In fact, Jude says that's what these teachers, exactly what these teachers have done. In verse 4, Jude summarizes their sin as this. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. See, the heart of the problem is that they've been teaching God's grace means that you can live any way you like, that because God will forgive, sin doesn't really matter. Why is this so serious in a teacher? Well, because it wrecks the faith of people. It encourages sin that imperils people's eternal life. God judges them because he wants his church to honour Christ, to be holy, both in the way we walk and the way we talk, to trust his grace and so live lives that are righteous and, and good. It matters eternally. And so the judgment is fearsome, particularly for teachers of God's word. Well, there's some cheery lockdown teaching for you. But it's tremendously important, isn't it? And particularly in the lockdown where we are looking for teaching online and we are looking for teaching in different places, uh, you need to contend for the faith. And Jude's first step is to identify the false teachers and do not listen to them and don't follow them because though they may sound good and promise much, There's no fruit in what they do. God stands in the path and judges. Would you contend for the faith? Make sure your Bibles are open and make sure you're looking at their lives as well as their teaching. And pray that God would bless his church with good teachers and good leaders. Pray for them uh, and for me that they would be faithful both to the word and to their wives, and that they, that I would be generous, not greedy, tending the flock in their care, that they, that I would be tellers of the truth in love. Uh, It's a fearsome responsibility. I'm tremendously aware of that, Uh, particularly this week as I've been looking at Jude. Would you pray for your church? Would you pray for us? And would you contend for the faith? both in your own hearts and in your own lives. Let me pray now, as I've encouraged us to do. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you uh, that ultimately uh, the leader of our church is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank and praise you that he both spoke your grace and your gospel and he lived out your holiness and your righteousness. And so, Father, we pray that you would bless your church here in Melbourne, here in this church, all over this nation and around this world with leaders who are more and more like Jesus. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would help us to be more and more discerning and aware of those we listen to and those we follow. Uh, Heavenly Father, we pray that we'd be uh, more and more knowing what's in our Bible so that we can spot our teachers and teaching that is wrong. And Father, we pray this because we want to follow you truly and love you well and we want your churches to be places that honour you in all that we say and all that we do, in the way in which we talk and the way in which we walk. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.